Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I teach busy moms how to get everything done and still have time and energy for themselves. My passion is for helping women create more heart-to-heart connection with their husband and children so they can feel deeply fulfilled in those most important relationships. The topic of today's podcast is the gifts of my miscarriage. But before we get started, I want to let you know that I have created a free communication in marriage masterclass for you. This class is for you if you have ever felt like you can't get through to your husband and like he never listens to you, and if one or both of you loses your cool during conversations and you're tired of fighting. In just 30 minutes, this class is going to help you lay the foundation for healthy communication and teach you how to handle difficult conversations so you guys can feel more connected and like you're on the same team. Visit the link in the show notes to access it. Also, I have a private group on Facebook where you can come to get inspiration for your life. It's called A Life Designed, and it's actually a happy place on Facebook, so I hope you'll join us. Now, let's dive in and talk about the gifts of my miscarriage. Many people ask me about my connection with God, and I feel like this story is one of the stories in my life that helps show how having this connection and faith can bring peace in the midst of chaos. And I feel like this story brings hope, and that is why I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that it brings you hope no matter what trials you might face in your life. And so let's jump in. We had Tyler in December of 2002, and we were hoping to have another child two years later. And we did indeed get pregnant in time to make that happen. I went to my eight-week appointment and everything was fine, but I was feeling really yucky with this pregnancy, like more yucky than I did with Tyler. And then August 13th, 2004 happened. That was when Hurricane Charlie hit Southwest Florida, just north of where we lived. Charlie was a Category 4 hurricane. Our area was spared the worst of it, but we did have quite a bit of wind and rain damage. So as we were waiting for the hurricane, our house was all boarded up with plywood, and we lost power, and it was hot because, of course, August in Florida. And I was already uncomfortable in this pregnancy, like I said, like really uncomfortable. But the strangest thing, the morning after the hurricane, I woke up and I felt well, like too well, like I wasn't pregnant anymore. And I shared that with Paul, but I tried to stay positive, and I knew that just in two days, I had a regular 12-week appointment coming up with my doctor. So over that weekend, Paul had to leave town to go to Tampa because his office was severely damaged by the hurricane, and he had to relocate all of the computers and servers to a safe co-location facility so that he could get the business up and running as fast as possible. They were like losing money every minute that the servers were down, and so it was really important. So then Monday morning, I dropped Tyler off at my mother-in-law's and I went to the hospital for my appointment. I was feeling really nervous, but I was trying to stay positive. But the whole scene at the hospital was eerie. Like the atrium had damage and so some of the windows were boarded up and the hospital was running on generators. So it's just kind of dark in there and it just was an odd feeling. And of course, with my thoughts and my worries that I had... So when my doctor came in to see me in the exam room, he placed the Doppler on my stomach and was trying to find the baby's heartbeat. And I did not tell him what I suspected. I didn't want him to think I was crazy. 
And I didn't want to say it. Like I didn't want to make it true. And I know that's crazy, but I just felt like saying it would make it true. So I just nervously waited while he kept moving the Doppler around and trying to find the heartbeat. After a few minutes, he said, you know, Tina, I just got back from vacation and I'm out of practice. Let's go in the ultrasound room where there's a better machine. I still didn't tell him, you guys. But now I knew the truth. I mean, my doctor's been a doctor for over 20 years. I'm sure his vacation was not a factor in his not finding a heartbeat. I knew. But he was so gentle and I just love that. So in the other room with the ultrasound, we did not find a heartbeat. And he had to say the words that we had lost the baby. And it was very shocking at 12 weeks along. So I called Paul and told him that I needed him to come home from Tampa because I was going to need surgery. And this was very stressful to him because he was performing surgery of his own, trying to get that company back up and running. But we scheduled the DNC for a couple days later. And after the surgery, like immediately after, while I was still in the hospital, I just felt like really weak. And honestly, I felt like the nurses shoved me out the door too quickly, really quickly. And to make a long story short and a little bit less scary, I'll just say that we barely made it home from the hospital and Paul had to call an ambulance for me. I woke up laying on the garage floor to the sound of emergency sirens and they took me back to the hospital where I spent the rest of the day getting fluids and a lot of tests to see what happened. There were, there were never any answers with that, so they sent me home. And so the next day, I assured Paul that I was fine and he could go back to Tampa, but the first thing that morning, my phone rang and I was sitting in Tyler's sweet baby blue room in the rocking chair drinking a nice cup of coffee, and he was playing on the floor with cars. And the person on the phone was my doctor himself. And he said, I can't believe I have to say this after everything that happened the first time, but the lab reports came in, and we need to repeat your DNC procedure. I'm so sorry. This has never happened to me in 20 years of being in practice. So I didn't understand why or how that would ever need to be. I had never heard of that happening. I was barely familiar with DNC procedures. I told him that I was scared because of what happened last time and that I didn't like how they shoved me out the door so quickly after the procedure, but I really trusted my doctor. He's an amazing doctor. And so he said he would perform this procedure in the perinatal unit of the hospital where I would get more care and I could stay as long as I wanted. And he wanted me to come in the same day. I was like, uh, no, I can't come in. Paul is in Tampa. I'm drinking coffee. Like, can't have surgery. And, of course, Tyler. I needed to find someone to help with Tyler. So we set it up for the next day, and Paul's parents could take Tyler. Paul came back home from Tampa, and then I had to call my mom to come in from Chicago because this was just too much. So craziest thing, that night before that procedure, I came down with a high fever and had to be taken back to the emergency room to make sure that I was okay before the procedure. They said I was fine, so home I went. Isn't this crazy, you guys? Like, seriously, as if the whole thing isn't traumatic enough. But the next day, the doctor repeated the DNC procedure in the perinatal unit. The nurses were amazing. I stayed until I felt well enough, and my mom was there which with me, which was a bonus. And so it was just a really crazy experience and um, it now after the perinatal experience like it was time to recover right physically and emotionally and so to help kind of cope with that loss I don't know if you guys have done anything like this if any of you have experienced this but I got myself a little amethyst birthstone ring because that was the baby's projected birth month and it just felt good like wearing the ring and having something close to me to remind me and they said the baby would have been a girl. And so um, just kind of felt 
gave me an image of, you know, the baby and in heaven. And so I want to share with you guys, like, yeah, I just share with you the crazy story. And I share that because just I know some of you might have experienced similar things. And I want to show you the hope on the other side. The story doesn't end there. That's just that's just the drama that happened. But you know, because you listen to my podcast, I always try to find the good and the bad. And so just a couple of months after this all happened, it was in January, my father called me to tell me that I should call my grandfather, that he was passing away probably in the next day or so. But I said, call him? No way, I'm coming. So I hopped on an airplane to try to get there in time, but I didn't make it. I arrived in Chicago around 11 o'clock at night, and my dad said, let's go home and get some sleep, and then we'll get up early and go visit him in the morning. But my grandfather passed overnight. So we drove to his house first thing in the morning, and I did get to see him physically with my eyes, and I was so glad to be able to see him just, he was just peacefully resting in his favorite chair. Hospice let him stay there um, that day until everyone had a chance to get into town and say their goodbyes. It was really, really special, and all of my cousins gathered. And we spent the day as a family in, in my grandparents' house, just reliving so many amazing memories. And although I was so sad to lose my grandfather, I'm so glad I got to be there. The memory of that day with my family is truly one of the best memories I have in my whole life. It was a gift. You guys, my baby was due in February. If I was pregnant, I would not have been able to hop on a plane and be with my grandfather and my family because I would have been in my third trimester. That would have tormented me. And so that's one of the gifts that I see in this. And this is where I believe our faith comes in. And just looking at something as heartbreaking as marriage, as a miscarriage, we can find the good. We can trust God and we can look for the gifts and the blessings. And even though this was the end of my grandfather's life, Our family, in a way, was renewed by the sharing of the gift of his presence in our lives growing up. It was such a special day. But that's not all. God had another gift in store for me, the gift of Alyssa. That makes me teary-eyed. I got pregnant with her that February, and she was born November. I cannot imagine life without my Alyssa. (laughs) So I feel like I've tried to become an expert at looking at life in this way. It buoys my faith and brings me peace and joy. And this is something I believe God is asking me to teach others. Because we all go through difficult things. It may not be a miscarriage, but it could be an illness or the loss of someone or the loss of a job, loss of a friend. We all go through hard things. And I know that we don't always get to see all of the blessings or understand everything on this side of heaven. But when we have faith and trust God and and just have the mindset of trying to look for the blessings and trying to look for the positive, it really does like make life more peaceful. And so I just want to share that with you today. And so I want to say thank you so much for listening to my story. And I hope that it gives you perspective and hope in your life and helps buoy your faith as well. And I would like to end this podcast today a little bit differently because this is a tender subject. So let's end with prayer. Heavenly Father, please bless all of your babies in the world, born and unborn. Please protect them. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.